0: Turning through the hot afternoon here in the desert uh, also means that uh, I need to keep myself occupied in my head, and uh, therefore going to cosmic consciousness in the extraterrestrial realm with a cat who um, I think has been experiencing the magic of music uh, since he was a young young boy. Now finds himself in a badass band in San Francisco, Bolero. Oh yeah, Gregorio Figueroa, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show.
1: Hi, how you doing? Happy to be here.
0: It's an nice. honor to have you, man. You know, I wanted to ask you if that—if uh, I was uh, telepathic in saying that—that that you understood the spiritual qualities of music as a child growing up.
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, my uh, my grandfather—he actually was a a from uh, Matanzas, Cuba, and um, so I grew up hanging out with him in his front yard, and he'd play old um, boleros and classic kind of like cuban folk songs and um it really kind of affected me because i always wanted to be like him because i thought he was the coolest guy And then, you know when he passed away um when he, i was about seven um you know it's a big loss for me but when i started to pick up the guitar in high school um i literally like felt his presence like every time i pick up the guitar i i feel him with me so you know, it's it's pretty deep. <laughs> a Wajito <laughs> like is a it. is
0: a Wajito musical healer.
1: Yeah, um, well, it's um, it's kind of like a a folk, um, like a a farming like folk singer kind of thing, you know, in Cuba. Uh, but you know, as all folk musicians, um, you know, you use music to heal your blues away. You know what I mean?
0: But I mean, as or far as like artist, as far as like him using music as an occupation, there he would go to different he would just go to people and play music for them is that right
1: Yeah he would play for people around the town um small gatherings and stuff and for himself and his family um he would always play for us growing up as a kid um and um you know it definitely was something super special um but he was also a professional boxer and then uh, wow. uh wow. he actually worked in the maritime um down in Cuba and crossed the Bermuda Brum- triangle um three times through, like, 100-foot waves. And I um, was definitely playing music on the boats as well, you know, to kind of heal the, you know, the blues of being out at sea for so long.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, to, that, that you just went music. to Never ever land on me, man. That was intense, yeah. dude. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. did, when would you say that there was a seminal, even though you were seven years old when he passed, I mean, outside of family gatherings, uh, you know, it just, I've done so much woodshedding on... Des, uh, you know, this thing called Santeria, which is a a Latin word. That's not mm. what they called. That's not what the slaves, are, you know, called it. And mm. all that sort of um, language and cultural identity was, was stripped away. And I wonder, $0. and I just wonder what his thoughts were. Like ultimately like that that therefore, the drum and that and one of them was this idea of descarga or these spiritual drumming circles that mm-hmm. anglo cats got off on and was like, oh we're gonna co-op this, but that was like that I mean I have discarga con if I went to a, a bolero show I mean to me it's it's the greatest opportunity for spiritual discharge, and I just yeah, wanted you to definitely. talk about that that maybe that that spiritual discharge I mean you know obviously you're you got to stay composed uh. You know, you're on the bandstand, you're fronting the band and stuff. But can you talk about Descarga for Gregorio?
1: Yeah, for for me, um, I, it's really strange when I when I perform my songs. I don't even feel like I'm myself. I, I kind of become the music and let it really kind of engulf me. And and you know, it, it all all these songs are usually written at four in the morning. And um, um, you know, we like to tap into you know all kinds of different topics and stuff and uh, but you know when I'm when we're performing these songs it's we kind of let the spirit of it possess us and into the crowd and um, you know break down that kind of film of reality that's you know controlling you know controlling everything and and whatnot um, you know our our music is definitely made to bring people to a certain spiritual place but also um, make them dance, but our main thing we really like doing, that. you know, I study a lot of, um, you know, critical theory growing up, and I like to bring in pieces of, you know, s- truths and realities into the lyrics, masked behind this, you know, really heavy groove. You know what I mean?
0: Well, I mean, that's fantastic. Can you, can you give an example of a particular tune and the, um, the uh, critical theory that you that you riff on?
1: yeah so there's um there's one tune that's gonna be on the upcoming record we're working on um called um it, it actually started off first as a poem and then a performance because i went to the san francisco art institute on a scholarship and was actually studying performance art before i took music you know more seriously and uh um it's a it's a prose poem i can recite it for you right now Go ahead. um and it, it kind of you know the music itself has more of a a bluesy kind of Doors meets Sabbath kind of vibe. Um, We do have a live version on our Instagram that I posted recently, um, but it starts off with, uh, Big birds in the sky, flying so high, darting across like a burning cross. We wonder why the mosquitoes fly above the sand, Uncle Sam. Detached and free, non-human being, it's so sad when you're a child lying dead. Big birds in the sky, all proud and high, off the exhaust of tax costs. Oriental games, drawing on all veins, drawing on a pentagon. They make games for children to play, brainwash their ways, just to fun graze. High above the sandbox playground of the imperialist pigs, giant and small, Birds drop dots like periods. A period to an end of a sentence, a sentence to death. Mark made in the USA, mark made in Russia. And when I used to, um, you know, recite that poem and did my performance, I'd burn an American flag. Damn. (laughs) anti-war piece. And um, I did it twice at the Art Institute and then um, at this art gallery called Incline Gallery in the Mission District, and uh, I accidentally got a flag that was too big, and it engulfed in flames. And I had to like put it on the floor and step on it in the burned down the gallery. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. But you know, it's kind of a it, um, it's kind of a, a jab at you know the military industrial. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's very. I, I really honed in on that. Um, yeah. You use the term brainwash, and I I just mm-hmm. you know because you are not like yeah, you, I mean symbolically burning. <clears throat> You don't want to burn the whole thing down just because you want things like Bolero to thrive in a different kind mm-hmm. of environment. So, yeah,
1: that's why I went to music instead of doing the performance. No,
0: that's, drive. I mean, we'll talk about that. But what I want you to talk mm-hmm. about to the audience is, what are they being brainwashed about? How can they seek clarity? Mm-hmm. Um, wh- like, like to me, like, just talking about the military-industrial complex, I mean, I mean, I think we're all kind of, I don't know, man. I'm brainwashed too, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, growing up as a kid, you know, I was one of those video game video game addicts, you know, playing war games and watching war movies and, you know, collecting G.I. Joe's. I grew up, you know, in a small town next to Long Beach called Seal Beach, which is surrounded by uh Naples weapon station as well as the air base. Huh. So I was literally in the thick of, you know, being brainwashed to the point where, when I was younger, I wanted to be in the military. I wanted to, like, you know, I thought it was cool. Like, oh, we're going to go, like, kill these people and, like, be heroes. And, like, guns are so cool. And then as I got older, um, I had this weird realization. That I think it was, I think it was around, um, kind of around, like, seven or, don't no, I want to say, like, when I started skateboarding, I, I started questioning kind of what was going on and, you know, we're in the thick of, you know, the Afghanistan and Iraq war and all that stuff and I was kind of like, wait, I'm like playing all these video games about killing people and then it's like, but isn't this all like wrong, you know, like, (laughs) especially, you know, I don't know, it it kind of... um, that's kind of like where I'm, you know, where I'm coming big, from. Big big
0: birds in the sky. That's all you saw was big birds in the sky. you, yeah. saw, you know, these, every day, yeah, man. Yeah, like
1: jets flying over my head.
0: Yeah. Wow, wow. Right. I dude, I would be, I would be in a catatonic state, dude. I would not. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it was you know, so I mean, of cat. course, like, <laughs> was there like, um, you started skateboarding. Was there were there some 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 cats that were like pulling your tail to to things that. That you read that were eye opening. I just I'm trying to get people if they're actually interested in wanting to grow, like mm-hmm. you know, if they're curious about why they're you know the other the you know the world is the world is very screwed up as well. I mean, it's not just this country, yeah. but and,
1: it, and and it has been for you know, you know and
0: and so like we only have some, but I mean, what would you what was what was the beginning of that realization? What was some sort of point where you were like? He wasn't even questioning. He was like, "Oh my God!" Like, you know, this is a farce.
1: Yeah. Um, honestly, it was probably because um, my 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 parents are actually my mom has always been very like on to you know politics and world, um, you the know, news and kind yeah. of what's happening. And um, honestly, when the whole Iraq invasion kind of started, um, I was probably like in fourth, third grade or something, and um, I just remember learning They're like oh there's like no weapons there and then why are we there and then i remember a bunch of kids in my school were just like talking about just like you know really awful things about you know what's happening with them the iraqi people and stuff and then i was like yo you know like we're not like they even they all were like oh we're there because because of uh nine eleven and all this stuff yeah and I like, actually like we weren't there because of that like because I mean, my mom like you know she is she's a social worker and you know studied critical Theory and stuff, and she like, "No, like, you know, we're only really only there because of all the oil." And then, of course, we all learned that later, you know, in life. And um, but as a kid, you know, having—I think my mother was a very large, strong impact on you know my my politics and kind of my critical thinking. Like, I mean, I even one of my earliest memories of protesting—I um, was in elementary school and went to the Million Mom March, which was like the anti-gun uh, march in Los Angeles with like thousands and thousands of mothers and then the other side is like you know and then you know that's so relevant now with all the like mass shootings and stuff and you know i'm not like fully anti-gun but i do believe that like you know there should be uh, a way to keep people safe because this is such a crazy world and it just doesn't seem like it's getting you know it just seems scary and scary every day but you know with these songs hopefully it people onto the idea of you know embracing that peace that we, we can achieve at moments, you know.
0: Well, and I think the dance
1: floor, yeah. and the music menu, and the headphones, you can reach that and also think about, you know, expand what you know is kind of your consciousness, I guess. You know, I still I still it's
0: also day. like it's like I still they did they made that affirmative action ruling and, yeah, that
1: too. You know? But it's
0: also like, like, you know, what's really interesting that I, speaking about the military industrial complex, is that, and critical theory is just, it does, that doesn't apply to the military.
1: Oh, not at all. You
0: know, me. so I'm, so, I mean, they're willing to send off people of color to die.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, you know, I'm trying to say like, and it's very enough. subtle and it's all done through the berserker capitalist system. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do any of, do any of your songs focus on like excess greed? Because when I think about like, mm-hmm. When I think about the Iraq war, it wasn't even so much oil. It was like the, like Rumsfeld and Cheney, they're like, you know, we're going to take, we're going to, just because we're that powerful, we're going to, and we don't care what the consequences, we're going to finish the job. We They yeah, got exactly. it was so much greed. Like, there's mm-hmm. no reason to do that. I mean, you can say the same thing with Putin in, in uh, Ukraine, but we're just, we're just as, as guilty. And so, I mean, to me, you use this term, this when you're on the bandstand cutting through this film of reality and mm-hmm. I wanted you to go a little bit deeper because what I tend to do at shows is become so out of body early mm-hmm. on, not like 45 minutes in, like from the get that, yeah. um, I sort of break that film apart, but talk mm-hmm. about it from the musician side, that film, especially in this time of complete cognitive mm-hmm. dissidence And like you said, it's getting scarier every day. I mean, quite frankly, I mean, the security to get into the chapel is intense.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I'm a head of security over there, too. And
0: Yeah, I no, mean, it's we, fine. It's what it is.
1: A, we've had to boost it up, you know. Um, right. We've had incidents where, you know, people bring weapons and stuff. And, you know, like, nothing, like, super crazy, but, like, you know, a taser or a pocket knife. And it's just like, why? Like, this is just, you know, in the world we live in, you know, it's just, huh. it's, it's wild. But, you know, I think... Um, what we do is with the music is we try to uh, let people think about it but also like we have other songs that kind of go into like a more um like spiritual side of things instead of like um always focusing on the heavy like our introduction song we do is just we uh, repeat over and over greetings mother earth to kind of say hello to it and kind of appreciate you know where we are and then we go into um this next tune which is called um which half our band is Filipino, including myself. And um, um, Bathala is, um, is the, the pre-Christian creator of, of um, um, the earth, you know. How California. do you spell
0: that? How do you spell that?
1: B-A-T-H-A-L-A. That's
0: awesome.
1: Yeah. And so we do that. And then, um, you know, the first three songs are actually melodies, so we don't actually stop at all while we play them, we play them into each other. And then the, the, the third song in our set we, we've been doing, it's called a spirit and it's kind of a chant that goes um hold hands with the spirits and dance with all your spirit and then we sing it in spanish as well and it's kind of i i want to get people to get in touch with their own spirit and the spirits around them as well as like the history of what's happening now hmm. and what's happened in the past hmm. you know we i'm really interested in the the kind of connecting those segments of you know of the universe i don't know it's
0: it's profound. Uh, no, it's profound, yeah, it's profound. And it's free. But I mean, how long? How would you talk, talk to to me? You're you're doing this nice uh, fusion of of uh, rock. I mean, of, of music and mm-hmm. and and then, but then getting beyond like the mechanical part of just the formula trip aspect of it, and then going into the sea of cheese, so to speak. And mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: yeah. and you know. When Bolero, st- how has, has this been kind of a recent like doing a medley to start, you know, three songs and or doing the, the mantra at the beginning? Is that relatively new or was that from the get?
1: It's pretty new. Um, our, um, you know, my our the first lineup we started back in 2019, end of 2019, and um, it uh, we we still definitely had like, um, kind of the political mindset of things um but um i think some of the music was or i don't know i I just don't think the band was there to kind of think about letting things kind of flow into each other more as more or less like songs start and stop start and stop you know totally um but after we got these new band members we kind of thought like oh these songs are all three songs sound great and they're in the same key like and they work perfectly together and they kind of have this kind of effects when you play them together that um you know
0: absolutely man that's straight um, out of the I'm, grateful dead man
1: yeah i yeah. mean you know we're huge, <laughs> uh, not all of us but especially me and the drummer we're we're huge fans of the dead and um our whole thing is trying to connect to the old san francisco sound um you know ranging from you know the dead to cliff silver to you know santana and bring it to a new generation um and keep it fresh And, um, I wanted to go back to that topic you are saying, um, to talk about, um, greed. I do, our first single I wrote actually is about greed. Really? Um, and it's called Standing on a Rock, um, which is actually recorded on a, on a rooftop of an art gallery in San Francisco. (laughs) We did a rooftop concert, you know, full Beatles style. And, um, and I wrote this song actually inspired by my friend, um, Chris, who is from Indonesia, he actually went down um, during the Standing Rock movement. He went down with a bunch of food and water and other supplies and um, crashed his car through um, police barricades and got through to deliver these, uh, you know, these supplies to the protesters. down wow. And um, wait, wait, you know, I, I, I
0: assume they, they, they must have taken some truck through there or something. I mean, he didn't yeah, do Yeah,
1: he had like a truck or something. Wow, and um, and so I wrote this song inspired by him. I haven't seen him in years, I think he's in New York or Indonesia now. I can't remember. Um, um, so I wrote that song for him, and you can listen. That's our very first song we've ever released. And mm. um, you know, I can even recite it to you too. Go ahead, kind of man, like a, it's kind of like a poem as well. So it goes, um um, how does it go? Is thing.
0: called Standing on a Rock?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, upon the banks, the smoke will come and get you. Rolling petrol tanks plowing through a battlefield. The wind blows bullets like a hailstorm. It's growing cold. Cannons blast the peaceful. Cannons blast the old folks. Cannons blast the young folks. Cannons blast historical. Oh, which side are you on? Oh, which side are you on? Which side are you on? Are you a banker's mate? No, which side are you on? Is it the left or right? Are you a banker's mate Own some big estate trying to get your wife a hot new ride? Or you, the fucking hog, ordering vicious dogs? Oh, Mother Earth's children, embrace that shake. Unshackle that snake. Tribal boogie down, the violence going round, because we are the ones who fight without guns. Hmm. And, um, Yeah. It's Can you uh, just so yeah. so
0: so that was? Oh, I'm sorry. So that that, that was Standing Rock, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. and That, that
0: was unbelievable. That you know. I, wow. I mean, yeah. wow. I mean, <laughs> Gregorio blowing us out of the water already. I um, <laughs> Thanks, you know, dude. yeah, man. No, I'm, it's like, co- I'm having a great time, man. Oh, it's great. No, it's I great. No, it's great. it's just important stuff, you know, and, and yeah. uh, it's you know, as far cool as the creative. band, the the. And I'll send you some of these interviews because you're really going to get off on them. But, you know, Michael Shreve and Santana, uh, Billy Kreutzman, uh, Greg Elmore from Quicksilver, wow. you know, like those drummers, uh, Sons of Champlain's drummer, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, Billy, God, Pre- B- B- Bill right Preston, uh, Billy, uh, not uh, Jim Preston. I mean, all those guys, Gregorico from Sly, all those mm-hmm. guys were. Jazz fanatics. I mean, they love jazz. They would, you know, Michael Street was climbing through the the wall, the ceiling at Stanford University when Coltrane came, so he could meet Elvin Jones. And like, oh, that's so cool. it's so sad. And you know, so like, I've been able to to. The point is, they brought this is the point in your band, not just the drummer, uh, but um, all those bands. Even though they were playing psychedelic rock music, mm-hmm. the thing about the music from all those bands is that they really understood dynamics. Um, it wasn't at the same level all the time. I don't, it wasn't even, there was even tempo shifting, which I'm okay with, but it was, it was dynamically profound. And one thing that's missing in total in pop music today, completely, not that you're playing pop music, but it's dynamics. And I just wonder how, what you think about the dynamics of the band, if it's mm -hmm. something that you got, that you're trying to work
1: on. Yeah, so we are actually very much invested in dynamics for our live sound and our current recordings we're working on, and even some of the older tunes, um, um, but just to kind of give a background context on everyone's, all the band members and yeah. all our, you know, our background. So, you know, I come from a folk background, actually, down at Long Beach at the time. There was a very large open mic scene where people were doing poetry and folk music, so I, I started playing You know, it was almost like a mini Grinch village of sorts, but with also also people were doing garage rock and stuff. But, you know, I came from that, and then our guitar player who um, started the band with me, um, we actually met on Haight-Ashbury, a commune called the Red Victorian, um, which is pretty wild. (laughs) And um, he comes from, um, he grew up down in um, South Carolina and Georgia playing in blues bars ever since he was uh, about, I think, like eight years old or ten years old or something like that. Um, but he is the absolute jazz man and is the one who really helps us connect and use our dynamics in our music um, uh, because he's been playing for so long and he's also just such uh, a jazz head, you know. I mean, hes he'll sit down and play. What's his Mimmo cat's Ryan name? Like What's his cat's name? This, you know what I mean?
0: Wow. What's his cat's name?
1: His name's Joe DeLeo. Wow. Yeah. And then um, so he, me and him started the band and he's the last – member from the first lineup you know and then um our bass player um Gilbert he is from Central Valley and he comes from uh classic rock but also he's playing in heavier like um almost like soft hard rock stuff and then like um some other and but he you know he grew up listening to classic rock and soul music and he definitely is a huge fan of uh, kind of more of the soul sound so he's always in the pocket and then um, we have another bandmate, named Evan, who's um, from Hawaii, and um, he plays organ and percussion, and he um, grew up playing in the church, so he has this kind of more gospel-y kind of soul attitude, but also, you know, comes from a blues background as well, learning from his uncle, and um, he's also um, singing with me now. We're actually working on doing harmonies, and we're trying to get another friend to come out to play on a record from Chicago. Um, her name's Jasmine. Um, but you know, that's all a good time. You know, we're not trying to rush. And then, um, our, uh, our, uh, percussionist, his name is, uh, Michael, but we call him space Mike. And, um, he grew up down in um, uh, in Daly city and as well as long beach, which is ironic. Um, we probably even passed by because we're both skateboarders. Back sure. sure. Past, past each other. And he, he grew up playing, um, like surf rock and, you know, garage and psychedelic stuff. But, um, his father has been a Congo player for quite a while. So he, Taught him some congas, and um, now he's our conga player. As well as um, he was our first drummer when we played our very first show in the in the bar of the chapel, actually, to like maybe like eight people or something, <laughs> or twenty people. Um, and then oh. lastly, our uh, drummer, who um, I met when he was sixteen years old, <laughs> and I was twenty-one. And this dude grew up in um, his name's Jimmy Perez, and he grew up in um, San Bruno. And um, which is just south of San Francisco, and um, he was raised on, you know, classic rock and Latin rock and blues and psychedelic stuff. Like he was cooler than me when I met him, and he was 16 years old. You know what I mean? Right. This guy has the biggest, coolest record collection, and it's just such a gem. And he was also a child prodigy, um, similar to Joe and so he's got that swing and that movement um but all of us together since we come from such different backgrounds we've been able to really make um a sound that is unique and has those dynamics you're talking about because we're all jazz all of us love jazz that's one thing we we all love jazz we yeah. all love blues yeah. we all love funk we all love a little bit of country we all love you know sci stuff and soul music so i think it's cool to Um, You know what, I'm just thankful to have these people around me, because it's taken years to find the right lineup, you
0: know what I mean? Well, let me ask you, I mean, just as far as, like, uh, from, Mm because, you know, musicians have to wear eight hats now, Uh, they can't Mm -hmm. really completely focus on the art, the craft itself in the past, a lot of that, those regional uh, areas that spawn bands, like we were talking about, um... You know, they had huge record deals, they could spend, they could focus all entirely on the, 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 the craft of making music. You guys are also like playing some kind of world beat, gospel, soul, funk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, how do you, like, when you want to road dog it, I mean, is it hard because they're trying to pigeonhole you, but your music is really hard to pigeonhole?
1: it's actually been a bit easier because it's what? not pitch, So it's explain not why, pitch why has it, it been
0: good. easier? Why has it been easier?
1: Um, I think it's because people from different, like, you know, lovers of different genres can find something they love in our songs, even if it's something they, you know, if something familiar, like there's a lot of our songs, we kind of blend genres together. So it starts off as something familiar and then we take it to another direction that, you know, expresses kind of a more worldly attitude. And I think, um, I think people are just hungry for something a little bit different. And um, and it's cool because, I mean, even with the bands we've been opening for, it's ranged from, you know, um, like a psychedelic cumbia band, um, our friend's band, Tropa um, Magica, and they're, you know, heavy psychedelic cumbia stuff. And then we played with um, like a straight up, you know, low rider soul band called um, the Sacred Souls. Hmm. And, um, and then we played with, you know, Big Brother and the Holding Company, like classic San Francisco blues rock. And it's... You know, I think the cool thing about this group is that um, we can kind of fit into almost any scene from like a jam band world to the contemporary, psychedelic kind of more contemporary bands to the older generations to, uh, and I think uh, I'm really stoked because I love all that music and I'm happy that we can kind of squeeze into all those places, you know what I mean? It's, uh,
0: Dude, you're going to, cool. I mean, I got to send, but the first two interviews I'm going to send you were Dave Getz and Peter Albin. Oh, I love Dave. Dude, oh, I mean, well, no, Dave, yeah, Dave, man. Dave, He's I mean,
1: the best, dude.
0: dude, honestly, dude, oh my yeah. God. I, yeah, um, I actually interviewed him for my old
1: radio show back in the day. Yeah, no, we've uh, done
0: it. We've done, Daddy. you're going to, and, and Peter too, and then I'm wondering who else, if Barry Melton was on that gig. Either way. Oh, it's,
1: Barry, yeah, hell yeah. So, I
0: mean, I love, I've, that's I've, I've,
1: that, guy, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's all right, it's
0: all right. I mean, that, the yeah, these are the guys, these guys helped me find my voice, but I think it's awesome that you're playing with your peers, you're playing mm-hmm. with, with your elders, and you're playing bass. I mean, what are the, would you say that like when you do road dog it or, when, I mean, what kind of venues are, because you have a little bit for everybody, what is, um, <clears throat> because I just, I, I don't want to get way off the, the deep end here, but it's like I was talking to, to a bass player last night and, he says a lot of the concerts that he goes to very very established and he's not a done it doesn't do a total a lot of road road dogging but it has to be really good money and he goes to these venues where they uh people have their own sound crew and they don't want monitors on the stage for the musicians to moderate their sound turn it up turn it down so you're sterilizing the environment that seems yeah. like it's more like live nation like that kind of stuff it's all sort of bubbled up there it's in this nice neat package you're paying out the, paying crazy money for this stuff but then there's all this underbelly and i'm just wondering like you know for people that are playing original creative music is is this like an unprecedented hard time for them
1: um it's definitely been tricky post pandemic um but we I've definitely been lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time really um here in san francisco' because there's, there's a huge exodus of bands out of the city and um wow. at this point there's um uh, there's there's a resurgence of all bands who have started within you know a year before the pandemic or the year after and um it's this fresh revitalized thing and you know we've been work we've been playing around the bay and you know around anywhere from two hundred to about 600 person cap rooms, um, usually opening for bigger bands. Um, and then when we go hit the road, we play a little bit smaller venues. Um, but we actually didn't have a chance to really tour much, um, you know, pre COVID or even after, because we had so many band lineup changes, And you know, with this current group, um, once we get this record done, we're going to shop it around and then, uh, we're going to be touring a bunch. Um, and we're actually working on doing um, a tour with, um, you know, the Mad Alchemist Liquid Light Show?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, so Lance is kind of like my, one of my mentors, and honestly, he's like an uncle to me. Oh. And, um, he's, he's been with me and helping me out since I started my first band back in um, 2016. Um, <laughs> we had a really funny name. We were called the Cosmic Correlation
0: Conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect for San yeah. Francisco, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, we had a sitar
0: in the band. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh,
1: yeah, the first band, we actually, the first show I ever played in front of an actual audience that wasn't like a folky open mic situation, uh, we got to play a sold-out show. Um, it was the Acid Test with uh, the Chocolate Wash Band, Wow. which is pretty unreal for my first live show experience, and it kind of disturbed me, the, you know. Yeah, I, right, they just throw you
0: in the deep end, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, and I'm ready for it, you know. And, uh, but, you know, it's definitely a harder time to get into the business you know because we're not signed yet we're, we're really banking on this next record to push us through because the first one we recorded during or right before covid and then all during covid so it was a very ragtag kind of situation you know but we did get to do it at high street studios um and then tenderloin which is where you know grateful dead recorded american beauty CSNY did deja vu and you know just countless other great records you know who was who was, was
0: barn card engineering that who was engineering that
1: um, it was actually my friend, um, Jackson Golf, I think his last name. Um, he was actually an intern um, when he um, recorded us. And honestly, it was our most of our first times ever recording in a studio like that. Um, so it was definitely a learning process. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the songs. I definitely feel like we could have done things differently, but, you know, you just got to roll. With the
0: no, you do, Gregorio. And I'll tell you,
1: that's forward, something you know? that... Uh... The new record is going to be the one I have a really great feeling about it.
0: I mean, the thing that's kind of been revelatory to me as a rogue journalist is just the relationship that you need to have with your engineer in order to mm-hmm. create this that sound in the studio. I have a very hard time listening to modern-day recorded music, mainly, oh, yeah. you know, and it's just, it sounds very sterile. The bass is not deep enough for me. Um, there's just a whole variety of things, and people can talk about the, just the synthetic nature of recording and stuff, but, you know, to me, the live element, do your songs... Will, your songs on the new album. Um, <clears throat> some, some bands like The Dead and like Pat Matheny one time went out with uh, Mark Egan and Danny Gottlieb for, I
1: don't know,
0: 180 dates. And they played all new material. And by the time they got into the studio, a couple of those tunes had taken on a life of their own because oh, of just yeah. the relentless live uh, uh, experience. <clears throat> is, is that your philosophy? Like with new music is let it generate a life of its own. I mean, the dead did, the dead went, did co- go to heaven. They weren't in the studio again until 87 with touch of gray. So, yeah, exactly. so I'm just curious about like, if that's your sort of, um, <clears throat> one of your things where you like to get the songs sort of to take on a life of their own before you record.
1: Yeah, that honestly was the entire process for, uh, um, for this new record we're working on. Um, you know, cause some of the songs we were, um, you know, playing them live with a different lineup and then, we got this new lineup and then we're like all right let's take the next few months and play as many shows as we can to get get these songs cooking and feeling right and now they play us like we don't even have to mm. really think about them at mm. all and it taps the virtual you know energy and and we even are able to you know turn certain sections into jam vehicles even we're like all right well let's do a longer part of this double time and then or let's do this a couple more times or let's you know go back to the beginning again or you know and, and kind of we're able to you know communicate to it when we you know and make it you know a little bit more of a an amoeba when we're playing live and then when we went to the studio um when was that last uh like maybe three months ago or so um um we just felt so comfortable and kind of just um played the song live maybe three times or uh, maybe mainly as many times as we could feel until it felt like, you know, this is cerebral. This is, this is a moving song. Or you know, I, you know, there are honestly points where I started crying, like, like intensely because yeah. the music was so powerful. You know, and um, and we're recording with um, Kurt um, Schiegel. He's um, the head of sound at the Chapel, and he's also um, uh, the Melvins touring sound person. Wow. And, um, and so he's, you know, I've known him since I started working there five years ago, and I've always looked up to him. And, you know, a couple months ago before we recorded, he's like, I, he's like Gregorio, have you seen you play, you know, for a couple years with his band? And I think with this lineup and with you and and these songs, I think we're ready to make a real record. And you know, that will stand the test of time. And that's what we're trying to do. And the other producer and engineer, uh, Michael Ross, who. Um, he works with all kinds of different people. Like, the other day he called me and he was on tour with Earth, Wind & Fire, doing monitors. And I was like, what the heck, dude?
0: <laughs> At least they yeah. allow monitors on the stage.
1: Do you, yeah, do you, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh,
0: Gregorio, um, mm-hmm. you talk about um, how you deal with adversity and, mm-hmm. like, uh, if you've learned over time to sort of find the the light within the darkness. I mean, I just feel like Through 2,000 interviews and all these shaman cats and, you know, so many of them playing this uh, black classical music, you know, known as jazz, you know, it's like they, a lot of them died broke, Um, you know, they weren't treated necessarily well, they became geniuses after they passed, which is all well and good. (laughs) I just wonder, it just seemed to me they always look towards the light, even in adversity. And I wanted you to talk about a time when, you know, you were shaking your core, but all of a sudden you just sort of like a sumo wrestler or a left tackle, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't flinch, you know, you were just centered and it, it actually was a, uh, you know, it made you a stronger person.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I honestly every single day I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm totally that kind of person too. I always see the, 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 you know, the brightness in life and where, you know, what hits me from, you know, losing my house and, You know being completely uprooted last year where we had a crazy landlady who started harassing us and getting almost physical and psychotic and um we had to find a house in one month exactly (laughs) and we had to try to figure it out and you know i instead of panicking and or giving up and moving back to you know southern california i just put it out in the ether and was like you know what like i'm a good person like we have you know, we're we're good people in this house. And, and we ended up finding a spot right down the street, which happened to be the old house where my friends from the artist or two used to live. And I had beers with the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, things kind of work out like that. And, you know, but you want to
0: know why that's you know, important, too? Because, like, mm-hmm. if you had gone back, if you had maybe taken the easy path and just been like, I'm just going to move back to Southern California, like, then you would have been... You wouldn't have been a good guy. You would have been a, you know, yeah. but, but you are, you know, I mean, you guys are good people. And whatever her hangups were, whether she was mentally ill or just totally insecure, you know, you weren't going to get branded like that. Like, at a certain yeah, point, you sta- It doesn't. it's not about music, it's not about anything, it's just about standing up for self-respect. And to me, yeah. when it works out, then, it, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, basically the sky's the limit
1: yeah and even even when it comes to like getting a solidified lineup (laughs) you know it's taken me since 2019 to get a solidified lineup man like the only last person is our guitar player who's from the original lineup and he's me and him are just like you know every time you know someone doesn't work out we're like all right well we love our songs we we know we have something going let's just put it out in the ether and, and go with positivity and and let that, you know, ring true. Like, you know, I, I even, like, even with, like, my... I'm almost, like, even with my own community and friends, I'm always kind of the person who people call or I call to check on and make sure they're doing okay, you know? Mm. And, you know, I'm I'm very much... Um, I believe in kind of, like, the, the Buddhist, uh, uh, you know, idea of, you know, just giving your all to your community and, and, and not expect anything from it. But, you know, from doing that, you can only...
0: Game. <laughs> that's the know, entire point of the Jake Feinberg show is like, just put it out there in the ether. Hopefully you'll inspire people to be themselves. I mean, I'm not looking for anything in return. It is nice. And, no, exactly. You know, it's nice. I mean, it's kind of addictive, but at the same time, I'm not on this trip. Like, I want to make other people feel good. You know, that's it. Yeah,
1: me too, man. Yeah, I that's, know, I know. You do it
0: on a different for. level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's awesome. You know. <laughs> how, did,
0: how did you... <clears throat> I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how you connected with uh, uh, the last Grey Wolf, Connor Gleason.
1: Okay, so, um, with Connor, um, we met, I believe we met at, uh, at the chapel, and then we just started talking and stuff, and he was playing with one of my friends' bands, and then um, we went and saw Dead & Co. Um, hmm um, together and really like establish our friendship deeper. And, um, um, you know, he hired me to make some poster art and stuff. And, and, um, yeah, we just, you know, we've,
0: uh... all I'm saying is dude, he, you know, he, he was going to hit we, we were talking about the San Francisco scene and sort of, I was just making a, basically what we were talking about with COVID, there was this exodus of bands. Some clubs mm-hmm. had a shutter um, they wouldn't reopen, not just San Francisco, but anywhere. <laughs> Phil Lesch's club in San Rafael was like that, you know, it was a yeah, devastating yeah. kind of thing. And <clears throat> the first cat that he hips me to is, he's like, this is my favorite band. Oh,
1: and yeah. I'm like, that, you know, I mean, he that's,
0: you know, man, like, but I mean, like, that's cool because, um, you're not some band that's. You're not a cover band. You're not Tower of Power going out there playing the hits from 40 years ago. I mean, and yet, like, you're you're actually getting popular regionally, which is, yeah. or I don't know Pretty what popular fun. means, but, like, you're getting some momentum regionally, which is ultimately how Tower of Power and Big Brother and The Grateful, I mean, it was just this amalgamation of stuff. I just, the difference now is just, um, well, the playing field was so much more, the cost of living was much more reasonable a lot of those cats including gets uh lived in these artist communes in san francisco they were rent controlled so the, yeah. the whole place was just a wash in psychedelia on top of that acid was legal you could go to a place called the the league for internal freedom you should ask your uh the liquid light cat about the, the league for internal freedom. That was a place where like, the can... league
1: for internal freedom. Yeah.
0: That sounds awesome. No, no oh, like, like, awesome. like cannabis, like you can go now to get the cannabis. Right. But that was a place where you could go and get acid. You That's know, incredible. <laughs> the, 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 Dave gets told me that the league for internal freedom. I will never forget it. So everybody's mind was open. And I guess going back to the, the film of reality, um, <clears throat> uh, the, just sort of that barrier that exists with people with audiences who are, instead of coming in, in <clears throat> really high vibrational states, or uh, there's just a lot of confusion, and there's quite frankly a lot of anger, um, and I mean, I opened my door yesterday at a Little Caesars, and I, I think my door might have been touching somebody's door, and this dude's like, hey man, get off my car, I'm like... Hey, you know, man, (laughs) and the car was so beat up, but anybody like, I don't care. I'm not going to mouth off to him because I don't know if he has a gun or not. That's, and that, and that's that's the crazy shit. And so how do you, I mean, you can only do what you can do, but do you guys as a, as a, as a unit, as an amoeba, as one living, breathing organism, do you feel like you guys have the power to sort of push that collective consciousness towards the audience, especially if it's a more of a grim crowd or not, I want to say hostile, but how much do you believe that being one living, breathing organism can raise the collective consciousness of the people in that room?
1: I believe it with all my heart, man. And, you know, I've, I, I, I truly believe it with all my heart. Yeah. man. It's like, you know, I'm a believer in the revolution and I'm a believer in love, you know, Me too, uh, man. Just my heart, you know what I mean? And, um, mm-hmm. and I mean, we played all kinds of shows from, Dive bars to—I mean, we even played for the Daily City Hells Angels 54th anniversary. Dude, that's you know? one of the
0: most badass things I've ever heard in my life,
1: dude. Yeah, dude. Those, Those freaking was guys. Thing was like, check this out. This yeah. is—it's funny, man, because sometimes I swear I feel like I'm living like you know, 50 years in the past.
0: <laughs> we're, we're on our
1: way to play this um, this acid party down in a uh, down in a uh, Big Sur, right? So we're cruising down to go play at this party. We're like, oh sweet, we got our doses, we got our campsite set up. My buddy's got his awesome this awesome piece of sick. land up and Big Sur. <clears throat> and so we're we're on our way there. We're about to get there, we're about to lose our se- uh, service, and then um, my buddy's dad calls me, and he's like, hey man, like um, my son really loves your band, and um, you know, we we have the 54th anniversary of uh, you know, the HA down here in uh, Daily City, and um, our um, our band, um, our cover band, uh, the the lead guitars had a blood clot, and we have no one for music tomorrow. And we're like tomorrow, and he was like, "Yeah, like, are you guys down to come out and play some music for us?" And you know, we'll pay you and feed you. And I was like, "You know what?" Yeah. And we asked everybody. Everyone's down. We're like, "This is a once in a lifetime opportunity."
0: This is
1: cosmic.
0: How did this cat know? How did this cat know you?
1: Um, he's he's my friend's um, uh, the 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 um. Uh, president, or uh, yeah, no,
0: or, I would do this is heavy stuff. You, you're telling me you're going up to Fernwood or Big Sur, you're about yeah. to, you're about to, you got your doses, you're ready to camp out, <laughs> trip out. <at. laughs> did you have gigs up there or no? Um, we were just
1: playing the house party, okay, just a house party, and, we and like then a camp out house party. So, who, how, how did there. the guy
0: know, how did that guy know you were ready to even call you?
1: Um, he his son is my like one of my best friends basically and i can't really go into anything else but that
0: i dude i love how top secret this is dude i was like (laughs) dude i I need to talk to that cat and interview him immediately i get it it's totally cool this is unbelievable so then
1: yeah it's pretty unreal so we we got up we you know played our show we stayed up all night hanging out tripping out you tripped
0: out that night holy cow
1: and then, so we're like, all right, and we wake up in the morning there, and it's like, all right, guys, let's pack up and go play for a bunch of Hell's Angels, and, like, all our friends who were there were like, wait, you guys are going to go play for the Hell's Angels? Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, man, we're like, we're, that's what we're doing, and, that, you know, we got to help our friends dad out and, you know, bring bring the party, so we get down there, um, there's literally, like, 400 of them <laughs> hmm. all lined up, we pull up, so they have arm guards, they open the gates, we pull up, there's, like... Freaking like hundreds of bikes on, a hundred bikes on one side and a hundred bikes on the other side or something like that. I might be overestimating it. It was really overwhelming. And they're like, "Oh, you're the band, like come through." And like, we're "Like oh, right on, dude." And you know, we're, <laughs> we come in it's with so like
0: unbelievable. This is unreal, man. Dude, Yeah,
1: and then we we get to the um, the stage area and we meet up with my buddy's dad. I'm like, "Yo, what's up, man? Like, how you doing?" He's like, "Oh, thanks for coming. You're literally like saving the party." And they're playing like some heavy like. Avenged Sevenfold and Metallica and we're like, oh man, I hope these people like our hippie music. Like, <laughs> um, but then one of the old retired presidents came up and he had a Grateful Dead shirt and I was like, oh no, it's on. Like, they're going to love us. Dude,
0: that's, so, what a beautiful, I mean, I don't care, man.
1: Mm-hmm, that's it's, it's one awesome, of the
0: most, man. that's one, That that's, that's yeah. just one of the coolest uh, connectivity lines there, you know, I mean, yeah. those guys were, it, were not, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of doc. I don't watch a lot of TV but it's just, mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> Um, and I realized there was a lot of shit that went down at Altamont and,
1: yeah, you know,
0: and things like that. But, you know, for a long time, uh, those cats, they were not straight square law enforcement, but they were the security at a lot of shows Yeah,
1: exactly. and,
0: you know, it kept the vibe. I mean, you stayed in line, but those cats wanted to rage. I mean, they were at, oh, yeah, I've interviewed, Neil. uh, they were at Neil Cassidy's wake and it was, like, on the beach for five days with just jugs of wine. And they were, they were roasting <laughs> right. ro- roasting pigs <laughs> over a fire. People were, and, and then obviously tripping. And, like, you know, the dead were playing. It was greasy, man. It was muddy. But you know what? Like, it, it, it's not, the musicians can't do it alone. And I'm not saying that, like, I mean, just to have a one-off, like, is special. But I do feel like within the community, there has to be, you know, we just live in a police state now. It's hard. It's you, know, we, we it, you
1: know. Do I mean, just yesterday or not yesterday? A couple of days ago, they had the the annual um, San Francisco Hill Bomb, which a bunch of skater skaters meet up and bomb down this hill in Dolores Park, and the the city sent about you know fifty plus riot police to break up the skateboarders, and then and then they antagonized the skateboarders, and it turned into this whole fiasco where freaking like eighty children were arrested, and then forty five adults were arrested. All because they wanted to skateboard down the fucking street, and it's just like absolutely. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to curse.
0: Uh, oh, dude, sure. first of all, no, but the, you know, you know what's scary about this? You, you'll, you'll. I mean, it just sort of not dawned really, on me dude. because of the pressure about the relentless news about you know San Francisco crime and the relentless crime. I, mean, I stay in the Mission District. It's, it's not like the prettiest place in the world, but I, I don't feel unsafe. You know, like, no, yeah, and, 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 like and all I'm saying is like the people at the top, it, you know? the people at the top are saying, hey. If we're gonna, uh, if we're gonna lock down, we have to start with the traditions. Let's start mm-hmm. with the small, even if they're not illegal. Start with that and set the tone. And I, that's a scary thing because you do live. You know, I live in Tucson, which is a very funky, you know, off the beaten path place. But you know, we ain't radicals per se. You know, and and you know, San Francisco always has warned that. There's just a lot of traditions of sort of. Uh, Free to free to be you and me, and now it's it's the question is how much more choked up, or is it going to get? To me, this is unnecessary, but yet it's also a very scary and real thing.
1: Yeah, it's 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 strange, man. I mean, and even just in general, just yeah. like, you know, we're very. You know, it's just unexpected and upsetting for a lot of people um, because skateboarding is one of the most vibrant cultures out here in San Francisco. Um, and, you know, it's the whole reason why I became an artist and a musician, truly. Like, um, And, um, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll see what happens. I know a lot of people in the city are upset, and I'm sure City Hall is dealing with all that backlash because it did not look good, you know. Well, I can
0: tell you this much. It's, if it's embedded in the culture, then it's just going to come back stronger. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I <laughs> You know, and think that about that, it, man. That. Like, you were taught by those cats or the angles of the skateboard and a combination of all that stuff, you were taught how to think for yourself and not get shrouded in dogma. So that's the threat right there. Mm-hmm. That's just really? what the threat really? is. They don't want people to think for themselves anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and so music still does that. Tell me a little bit about... Um, are you going to be playing locally? Are you going to be on a tour at all coming up? I mean, I'd love to check you guys out live, you know?
1: Yeah, so we're um, we're playing a show at the end of the month um, uh, at the Rickshaw Stop, which is a really great venue out here in San Francisco, about like 400-ish, 500-cap. Yeah. Um, and we're actually playing with um, two bands from Mexico. One of them is called Ramona. They're a really awesome kind of like Latin soul group uh, from Tijuana. And then the, the second headliner is... Uh, Called Sergeant Papers <laughs> instead of Peppers,
0: yeah, and um, and they're kind of like a
1: freakout garage, like almost psychedelic. They're a little psychedelic. They're more like freak-out garage vibe. Um, about <laughs> <almost a battle laughs> times. Band from uh, uh, Hermosillo, um, from you know from Sonora Desert, and then um, we're gonna be playing with our you know multicultural San Francisco sound, and then we got this awesome band um, from uh, Modesto called Valley Wolf, and they're like a psychedelic cumbia band. Um, but this will be really exciting to be playing the show with just all, um, you know, Latino artists, um, and, or mixed artists. And, um, it's going to be a really fun time. Um, that's July 30th. That's where I shall stop. And then after that, we have, we're actually going to be playing, uh, you're going to dig this. We're going to be playing, um, in the Jack Kerrock alley in front of Vesuvio.
0: Oh my God. Uh, yeah, that's, see, that's sick. No, that's sick. Yeah. No, my buddies, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure stuff. if you know these cats, uh. Although I have a feeling you do, but they played there. They had a, it was an impromptu gig. My buddy's from Apache. Do you know them? Oh, I
1: love those guys. So they're yeah,
0: dear man. friends of mine. Both Clay and oh, Sam are cool. dear, dear friends. And they, they, they were playing the chapel, and then it was like, boom, they were playing Kerouac Alley. So that is so. And those guys are, are you know, they're channeling the same stuff we've been talking about for the last fifty-five minutes. You know.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, man. We, I, I, I love those dudes. They're all, <laughs> I think, um, I, like, helped share their posts and hit up a bunch of people, and then, um... Oh, that was, you
0: definitely you were involved in that, because it was, like, yeah. it was, like, last second through, call. Like,
1: oh, you should play there, you know? And, um... What's the
0: yeah, vibe? So tell me, what, the, like, have you played there before, this would be the first time you're playing there?
1: Yeah, so we actually, we played there on the, the 75th anniversary of, um, of, um, of, you know, Vesuvio. And, um, and, um, it was pretty wild. There was like eight bands that day and like tons of people, it was an all day kind of music festival, right in the and People from all over the town and all over the base show up and hang out in that little space. And, um, you know, we have a good time. People, you know, you're since there's tables and chairs outside, everyone's allowed to drink outside. Um, you know, all kinds of folks from young people to, uh, the kind of older North beach P generation folks come through, wow. um, and the coolest thing that I'm really stoked on is that they, they made a poster, and our poster is up in in inside of the bar itself next to, you know, all the famous photographs of all the beatniks I, you know, grew up reading about and stuff, and um, it has our band name on it. So we have this little seat. Don't tell anyone. Well, I guess people might hear about it. We're going uh, <laughs> to take a band. We're going to do a band photo shoot down there, and then uh, we're going to print a couple. We're going to do all in film and then print a couple and put, put one in the frame. And then nail it up on the wall, of Vesuvio, <laughs> secretly.
0: <laughs> well, it's out. Yeah, it might be out of the bag now. I mean, with Stanley Mouse, yeah. with Stanley Mouse. It, you
1: know, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure anyone who works there will even care, but it's just. Dude, it's you're just like dude, you're mark. leaving your mark, man. Come on. Yeah, you got to do it. You know, might
0: absolutely, well. man. Yeah, and, and
1: it's, it's pretty wild too. Like our uh, even our organ player, he uh, he works there, so it's you know. It's in the family, and we're we're lucky to be a part of the subcultures down here in San Francisco. And it's, you know, as much people say it's dying, it's it's very much alive.
0: You know, you know man, it, it makes me feel. You know, know, what? Because that DJ
1: was too. yeah, and um, I just DJed for um, like five thousand people for a Lyle Lovett show in Stern Grove Festival um last weekend, and then uh, I'm going to be spinning for Buddy Guy um, next month, <laughs> which is wild. And then I got to do Phil Les last year, so you know.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's,
1: that's. I mean, you know, I just
0: wish they didn't have so much, uh, like, I've gotten to Bobby, I interviewed Healy a bunch of times, interviewed Barlow before he passed, but all mm-hmm. those dead dudes, man, like, they're so walled off, like, Phil has so much security around him now, you know,
1: Oh yeah, and yeah, not saying is, that
0: I'm not groupy, I'm just saying. When we're
1: around, like, we actually met each other in the line for the bathroom.
0: <laughs> right, then, then you get a chance to actually talk, you know. Yeah, yeah, and we were like, I was like, oh, hey, Phil, I
1: like your hat. He's like, oh, I like yours, too.
0: And he's like, dude, uh, I swear uh, to God, if I could just I'll get a five, go. just give me five minutes with Lesh, dude, my life would be uh-huh. set, dude. Yeah, man, he,
1: he's, he's a pretty nice dude, but definitely pretty, uh, you know, kind of shy. Not shy, but likes to kind of do it to himself. But um, when I did do that DJ show um, for the Certain Grove Festival, um, um, the coolest thing was that uh, um, uh, John Mullow, Absolutely loved our set and hung out with us the whole time we were
0: spinning. <laughs> so well, I, you know, so that. I mean, you're going to think I'm full of shit, but uh, Molo is. I mean, I've done about eight interviews with him. Oh no! He, he's, way, a, he's, a deer, That's he's a deer. He's a deer dude. He hooked me up. Uh, I'll t- I'll show you how much he respects the show. Is that uh, last December uh, he hooked me up with uh, with Hornsby at, when he was coming to Tucson? We did an interview. So he's trying to hook me up with McNamee. but Molo, I'm going to send you those interviews. Man, it's Gregorio, I got to hop, but man, we'll do this again, and I'd love to yeah, connect with
1: man. And I'll, I'll send you some um, some live recordings of uh, of the new material for the album. I think you'll really dig it. I'll dig.
0: I know I'm going to dig. It. And then hook me up with DeLeo, maybe too. I'd love to talk to that cat.
1: Oh yeah, man, he's he's a character and a half, man. He's got stories. Oh, uh, so are you, bro? Brother, uh, really, you take care, man. Great talking to you. Yeah,
0: much love, dude. Be cool. Be safe.
1: All right. Yeah. Peace, brother. Peace. Bye.